You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody, it's Jack Barksdale. Welcome to another episode of Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today, we're here with Matt Beiser. And uh, how are you, Matt? Good, good. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I feel like I should just get right into the hard questions. How long have you had your corgi? Cokie. My Corgi? <laughs> We've had Cokie for almost 11 months now. We, my wife and I got him during all this uh, quarantine crazy. Uh, we, I, had a, I had a Corgi growing up, and so I, I wanted to get another one, and she, she supported me on it this year. So we, uh, we got him. He's been a good new addition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, my mom showed me some pictures of Cokie. He's really cute. Yeah, he's fun. He's, a, he's actually I'm going to take him to the dog park after this uh, call we're having right now. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, we met at Folk Alliance. How, yeah, we did. Yeah, how do, how do you even explain that? It's like a festival for festivals slash conference for folk singers. And uh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I have a hard, hard putting words to it myself. I, that was my yeah. first time to ever go. They invited oh, it me is? this year. Yeah, and it was really surprising. I saw a lot of people I knew and a lot of new people. And that uh, that upstairs late night party they have going on, where they have yeah. the whole hotel, yeah, one big party. We felt like I was like, I don't even think that's like the college you see in movies that you never actually see in real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Nobody really prepared me for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went to you know meet some cool artists and play a little bit. Why were you down there? Like, what do you use? What do you do while you're down there? Well, you know, I had, you know, having never known what the event was other than through friends, I always had musician friends that would go or, you know, some industry, music industry people that would go mm-hmm. to those events and everybody always had really good things to say about it, but I'm not a big, I don't know, like a, like a conference kind of guy. I don't do a lot yeah. of music industry stuff. I, I got into this all sort of on accident. I was more of on the artist side doing my own thing and then, you know, started this project. And so I never saw myself as a music industry professional. And uh, when they, when they invited me to come be like on the, they invited me to be on a panel this year and to speak and and talk with some of the other festival producers from around the world, you know, I was kind of, yeah, I felt surprised. I felt, you know, kind of humbled in the fact that I was able to go and get to talk to some people about what I do, which was, you know, I never really had to do that before, so it was fun. Yeah, yeah, and you work, uh, you work a lot with uh, Luck Reunion, and uh, you know, some people might not know what that is. So, do you want to kind of explain like what that is, or where it came from, or how you got involved with it? Yeah, sure thing. So, so Luck Reunion is a, it's actually a music festival and event that happens at Willie Nelson's ranch every year. Um, and it now has grown into a little bit more, we're a year round organization, sort of with a goal to kind of preserve this roots music legacy, you know, founded in Texas. I mean, you're very familiar with all of the, mm-hmm. you know, the amazing songwriters that have come out of Texas over the years and sort of that culture of Texas songwriters. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we saw as Austin and the community's been changing so much in the last 10 years that there was really no one keeping that alive you know we see venues closing yeah. and places changing and so i grew up in new Braunfels, which is where like green hall mm-hmm. is and some of those places and all yeah. my friends were musicians i was the only filmmaker of the group and <laughs> so i always loved music and had a big passion for it and when 
I would actually, so I worked in movies for about six or seven years. And wow. then uh, I moved to New York uh, in the 2000s when I was in my mid, early mid 20s. Mm-hmm. And I went there to start like a video production company. And I wanted to live in New York and see what that was like. I had I heard all yeah. the stories and, you know, the music and the, that city's got such a legend to it. And in moving to New York, I met some of my closest friends there and kind of built these relationships, hanging out at different places. We'd get together all the time. And, you know, some of yeah. my friends were in music and some of them were in other places, but uh, we used to hang out at like the Lakeside Lounge, which was sort of a, a cool, like legendary songwriter venue for a little while in the East yeah. Village. And uh, a gentleman Roscoe used to run that spot and he's played with a ton of different bands over the years. And mm-hmm. um I'm, you know, I, when I first moved there, I slept on the floor of the Masterson's house. I don't know if you've ever met the Masterson's, Chris and Eleanor. They play with Steve Earle, but I slept on their floor. Uh, <laughs> I was there with a band called The Happenings, which are, I think they're still a band. They don't really play very much these days. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I met all these amazing people. And we mm-hmm. were, you know, a few of the really big music fans and people who did stuff that I knew, we got together and, uh, you know, we wanted to put on some music event stuff. And it was sort of just a fun thing. One year, a friend of mine, Johnny Burke, a uh, songwriter also here in Texas, yeah. didn't have a South by Southwest show. And <laughs> so I helped him throw his own South by party one year um, behind this coffee shop. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And it was, it was a good time. And we had, I think we had a Liz, no, who did we have that year? I think we had Elizabeth Cook, I want to say. And then uh, a guy that went by Leatherbag at the time and a couple other artists. And we had a really cool little show. Uh, and then, you know, all my friends were always like, you should throw another party. And I, you know, I kind of wrote it off and didn't really think I'd ever do that. And then I met Ellie Fletcher, who is my business partner in Luck. Um, And she also happens to be uh, the granddaughter to Willie Nelson's sister, Bobby Nelson. Um, Her dad is Freddie Fletcher and her mom, Lisa Fletcher. They run Arlen Studios and have been involved with Uh, a ton of music around town over the years. Freddie used to play with Billy Joe Shaver and his band. And so uh, Ellie and I, both loving music from Texas, uh, you know, we're talking about this idea to throw some sort of a music event. And mm-hmm. she said, have you ever been to Luck? And at that point I was like, well, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. And so she, you know, introduced me to Luck. And uh, I met, it's kind of funny because at the same time I was working on a movie where Willie Nelson was starring as Santa Claus in a Christmas movie. <laughs> and so I met Willie and Annie on that movie, which is Annie's wow. Willie's wife. And then roundabout at dinner with Ellie and Annie and everything else, uh, she, you know, we went out and saw Luck. And uh, in this strange occurrence, you know, Annie Nelson told us, yeah, sure, you can throw an event out there. Just get insurance. Make sure you have insurance. <laughs> and so I came back to New York a month later with uh, – after the holidays with uh, permission to throw a party at Willie's Ranch. And so I called a bunch of friends and said, guys, we could throw a party at Willie Nelson's Ranch. <laughs> and uh, so we just started calling every musician we knew. And that's how the festival started. I mean, we threw the first couple of years. We didn't even have a company. We didn't really know. We just got insurance and we called everybody we knew. And we said, how do you throw a music festival? And so I just called all my friends who knew how to put on shows in various ways and we built a ragtag little team of people to put on this party and call songwriters and musicians. And, you know, like I think the first year we had like James McMurtry and uh, I know 
let's see, Ray Wiley Hubbard, I think played the first year and a bunch mm-hmm. of those kind of like local guys that we really loved. That's awesome. And then Gary Clark Jr. was kind of just having his first like little moment in Austin. He'd been yeah. around, but uh-huh. he started to get paid attention to and we so called cool. him up and invited him. And so it, yeah, we threw a rogue party and now it's been going for nine years. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, so last year it was, uh, it was canceled because of mm-hmm. the, the coronavirus. Uh, but y'all have adapted really well to the, like the COVID restrictions. Uh, how do you, have y'all been doing that? Well, I, I think that the big thing about the people who put on luck, our little team is that we are sort of the scrappiest little team of, a. Uh, of people that like none of us really came directly from the festival world and we never operated in that way and I think we we've always just been kind of idea people of like what can we do what's possible and uh when we found out we were being canceled it was like a huge like all the wind got let out of our sails we were so excited yeah we plan so for perspective like we start planning the festival the summer before that you know that spring so we start planning it in the summer and then by the fall we are booking bands and starting to put the plan together and the the whole shape Mm -hmm. of the events are taking shape and then usually as my wife and family could tell you over the holidays we're still like sneaking away and messaging each other over you know sneaking away from holiday dinners or whatever we're doing to like you know try to keep it moving and then Uh January and February is like the crazy scramble like let's get it all done before it happens and then that last week, I mean, it's like stages are being built. We're bringing everything in. And so we got canceled, you know, less than five days before we were supposed to be having the festival. Wow. And we, so we had already done most everything. I had a meeting with the, so we, every year we have to go to this court. It's like the County of Austin, Travis County court and mm-hmm. sit down with the court. And they kind of like ask us questions and make sure we have all of our ducks in a row and that we're not like putting people uh-huh. at risk. And at that point, everything was already starting to be like, oh, there's coronavirus in Texas and Houston. And, you know, everybody oh, wow. was like aware of it, but uh-huh. and we were very nervous. Like we were going to shut down the Austin rodeo, which happened the week prior to luck was there wow. as well. And they were super stressed. And, and the, you know, the county basically said, you guys are good. We don't see any reason you're going to get canceled. This hasn't spread that far. We don't have any mm-hmm. cases in Travis County. You're going to be fine. And we base. I basically told them that day. I was like, you know, okay, you know, in three days, if you say, you know, that we canceled, I'm gonna have spent all our money, and then we're gonna. I'm not gonna be able to get it back. And they were like, don't worry, you won't be canceled. And two days later, South by canceled, and then the next day, I got a call from the the county judge, uh, Sarah Eckhart, saying. I'm so sorry, but, you know, with everything going on, we're, we're actually going to have to cancel the rodeo and you guys. And so it was like we had just spent all the money and made all the plans and wow. trucks were about to start rolling onto the ranch and we had to cancel it. And so we, that night, I think we talked, to, I talked to Willie's wife, Annie and uh, Ellie and the team and we all got together and, you know, uh-huh. there was a little bit of tears. People were, str- I mean, you worked so hard on this all year yeah. and we were just like, what can we do? Like, what do we do? Is there anything we can do? Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, the idea was thrown out, let's, we can live stream something. And mm-hmm. I, you know, essentially just turned instantly, turned the wheels on of like, we can do this because 
it just so happened to be that my company in New York, when I had moved to New York, was a live streaming company. And so I knew how to do oh. all the stuff and I had all the friends yeah. and I knew where to get the equipment. And so within two days, I just called everybody I knew and got the equipment and team together. And then we started calling all the bands and their managers and teams and said, hey, we're, we're still going to do this. We're going to do this online virtual festival and put it together in three to four days. And then it all happened. And Ray Benson, you know, read the cards and did the whole thing and hosted uh -huh. it. And the, you know, a few days after it happened, it was like we started getting phone calls from other people being like, how do we do this? We want to do it again. And like, <laughs> how do you start this? And so we yeah. just kept, we just kept doing it. And so this year we started our own live streaming sort of platform. Uh, so we have our own site called luck.stream, which is like where you can go and watch all of our streaming events or we host oh, awesome. events for other people. And so it's luck.stream. Luck.stream. Awesome. So, yeah. And so that's just going to be where we host all of our video content from now on. So when we do, you know, concerts, like when we did Willie Nelson's picnic, we did it there. Um, when we did, you know, the, all the other events in the fall and helping other people, we've done some big fundraisers. So those are all going to be on that site so that we can continue to have a place where people know and trust. And, uh, you know, one of the other big reasons we, we moved it there is so that we can actually make our own licensing deals with record labels and everybody else so that we can keep that content up there and, you know, mm -hmm. stream it without having to worry about Facebook flagging it or whatever that is. So, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, like you said, you've been with luck for the whole, the whole time, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. I guess we'd be the co-founders, me and Ellie. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is, so you've probably seen a lot of, uh, a lot of really great performances and performers. Is there any kind of show or artist or performance that really s stands out still or surprised you or? I mean, I think that all of my favorite moments in music are when I see someone I haven't seen before that just has like a really amazing talent of their own that's unique to them. And mm -hmm. like when I see somebody, uh, you know, whether it's in a like seeing you in like a, you know, hotel room on the fifth floor at one o'clock in the morning, you know, playing <laughs> with a few people and sitting on a bed and watching you play in that room. Um, it's, it's like you have these little magical moments. And so you mm -hmm. actually see someone and you say, that's really special. And like, this person's really talented and people need to know about it. I think that's what gets me excited about doing what we do. I mean, I think there's a lot of artists that I see all the time that are really famous and have already gotten that recognition. And I love, mm -hmm. I mean, I find that those are really touching moments and like anybody that can tell a story and move me, I'm always excited about that kind of experience, but yeah. there's nothing more thrilling than seeing someone the first time and feeling like it's almost like, how come nobody knows about this person? Like <laughs> I could think I have a buddy, uh, I don't know if you've heard of, he played luck a few times, but his name's Devin Gilfillian. And mm -hmm. I saw him play, at a at the basement in Nashville um, to like mm -hmm. maybe 10 people. <laughs> and I went up to him and was like, I want to book you for this festival we do. You know, we do this thing. And his his friend comes out who plays drums with him, who's also a good friend of mine now, John Small. And he was like, he's like, and I was like, oh my God, you're the guy that works at the coffee shop I go to every day. <laughs> so we had this like great conversation. And um, but those are all those moments when you see someone and you yeah. say like, that was so amazing. And you're like doing something new and different and you, you have a sound and a, a voice and something that really feels special. And I think that that, mm -hmm. I think for, I think any of us, like, I mean, I'm sure you still have artists, you know, that you 
you obviously probably look up and discover stuff all the time and like hear, Mm -hmm. you know, old music that you love. But then when you see someone that you've never seen before and they're really good, it's just, you you always remember that moment. You can almost like smell it and taste it and senses of that moment stick with you. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like first time you see Steve Poltz play. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, yeah, the first time I ever saw him play was just he's such an experience. Like, it's yeah. like, you can't explain that to someone. How do you explain that to someone? Yeah. And it's, he's really good on the album, but you have to see him live. Oh, yeah. Like, if you don't see him live, then it's just not as thrilling and awesome. <laughs> he's almost a, I think this is something I tell a lot of musicians that I know, too, is there's, there's recording artists and songwriters and there's entertainers. And yeah. Steve Fultz is a true entertainer. Like that yeah. guy, if once he's in a room, everybody's looking at Steve Fultz, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there like that, but the mm-hmm. really good ones will, they'll grab your attention no matter what. You can't escape it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so like you were saying a little bit earlier, uh, Luck does a lot of charity work, right? We do. Um, you know, we've been, that's been part of our mission since the very beginning is wanting to give back as much as we can to mm-hmm. the community and the music. And, you know, I mean, in our mind, part of like what we have to do is preserve what we find so special. And especially in today's world where, you know, I think money kind of runs the world a lot, you know, and I think that yeah, it's, it's all of us, we got to take that consideration to, well, you know, historically, people have always had to preserve the arts. You know, art art doesn't just exist on its own. People have to create it, and those people need to be able to survive. And so I think that uh-huh. has always been a big cause of ours. I think, you know, you go back in history and everything from the Medici family to, you know, you look at every foundation started by, you know, really wealthy families who've always been patron of the arts. I think that that's just, it's a cause that's really important. And I think that mm-hmm you know, we're not by any means wealthy. And a lot of us, this has never even really been able to be our full-time job, but we've just felt like a calling as kids that grew up in Texas and from this area and seen all this music that somebody's got to keep it alive. <laughs> so we just yeah. took it upon ourselves. That's awesome. Is there anything specifically that you want to tell people about and uh, just get the word out a little bit more? Yeah. You know, that's actually, it's good timing to talk about that for us. Cause this year, you know, with everything going on, we did a lot of fundraising. So we mm-hmm. we started off the year, you know, with the um, Till Further Notice event and a lot of that money we paid artists and we donated to some local charities. And then we went into, uh-huh. um, we partnered with Paul Simon and his team. We did that A Night for Austin event we did and that raised a lot of money for the community of Austin. Awesome. Um, and through that event, we actually met uh, an organization here in Austin called the Austin Community Foundation. Um, and with them, we actually created a new program, which we're launching this year, um, called the Luck Family Foundation. And that's actually going to be a, a grant program. We're going to start, you know, all this money we raise over the year and, and through uh-huh. our the fans of Luck, we're going to put money into that organization and create grants for artists, for venues, for people who really need the money to kind of yeah. keep things alive. And so that's going to be a big cause going into this year for us is, how yeah. do we, you know, how do we create that program so that people like, you know, any artist who's, you know, struggling or has something that no one's supporting that we could actually supply grants for that. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, we also started, I don't know if you know about this or if your dad's even checked it out or anybody in your family, but there's a, we have a thing called the luck embassy as well, mm-hmm. which is, a, uh, you know, it's the luck and artists can actually go and, uh, 
we can give you an application to be a part of it. But essentially what the embassy is, is a platform where we do giving back to artists. So right now we're partnered with Southwest Airlines where we give free flights to artists who need to get places. Like say you got booked for a really special gig and late night TV and you can't Uh get there. And it's just so by the time you pay for the tickets and fly there and everything else, you're losing all your money. Uh So we've created this program where you can apply for free Southwest Airlines flights through it. That's awesome. We're working on some more now. Yeah. So that program's going to get more robust in the next year or two so -hmm. that we can can, like, you know, artists can apply for grants or, you know, also, Uh you know, take advantage of some of these things. And so we're working on that too right now. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 And, also, thank you for coming on here and talking with me. This has been really fun. No, thank you for having me, man. How's, how's everything going in your world? I want to hear about you for a few seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's going good. I've, uh, I've been getting to write a lot, a lot of cool songs, and I've been doing some co-writes over Zoom, like we're doing. Nice. Who have you gotten to write with lately? Uh, there's a friend of mine, Billy Hartman, who's really cool, nice. and uh, Jeff Plankenhorn. Oh, nice. I got to write with him some, and uh, Keegan McEnroe, who's a local here. Yeah, so nice. yeah, it's been really fun. Got any new songs you're really proud of? Yeah, I think once I uh, start finally getting to play some shows again, I'm gonna have a lot more new songs. Yeah, exactly. That's like yeah. the all of us hope we get a show soon. I mean, I think yeah, we're 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 all hurting for some live music again. Yeah. So. uh yeah, thanks for coming on again. Uh, this was really fun, and uh, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. And uh, hopefully we can cross paths soon in person. I really want to, hopefully we get to actually have you in luck soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Root Revival. Hope to see you next time. <laughs>